Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal here today with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How was your Thanksgiving, Bruce? Oh, it was fine. Thanks very much. We uh, had a, kind of cheated on the turkey dinner, but we did have tur- turkey dinner and got that gulp down just before they dropped the puck at 6.30. And uh, it was just a matter of trying to keep it down as the, uh, <laughs> as the game went along. Bit of a bummer of a game tonight. But it wasn't that bad. So no, what do you I think? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a keep your dinner down kind of game, but it was a... <laughs> It was frustrating. It was a frustrating game. As as uh, I was worried about mentioning the game day post, the Hawks were desperate for this game, and they showed it. And they were all over the puck. The Oilers weren't able to make clean plays, passes, and shots because uh, the uh, the Hawks were competing for for every inch of ice. And more power to them. On many nights in the NHL, that is the difference between two fairly evenly matched teams. And I would say that was probably the difference tonight. Yeah, it was almost the difference in the New Jersey game. The difference. Yes, that was the other game. Same formula. They were looking for their first yeah. win. They were desperate. They deserved that game, honestly, Jersey. So, so, so this time the Oilers lost. I mean, that's that's justice. They can't yeah. win every game. They're not a dominant team. They're they're they look like they look to me like a good team. Mm-hmm. We saw a few things. We're starting to we're starting to get a better sense and feel for this team. We starting to see a few weaknesses, perhaps um, things that might have to <laughs> improve. But I think it's a good team. Like that's the sense I get. And you know they were they were out chance Bruce, um, eleven to seven on grade A chances. In games where you get seven grade A chances, you're you're not going to win many of those games. Is the truth. You have to get lucky, right, to get a point out of a game like that. You need you know you're going to win when you get eight, nine, ten. If you get more than ten, you got a really good chance. But um, seven, no way. And especially well, we'll get into the, some of the problems that they had. Uh, in their attacking plays later. So this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. What is your good thing, Bruce? Well, I sure did like that late power play goal that the Oilers uh, uh, were able to generate, you know, with two minutes to go in the third period, down 2 nothing, and they did get a, get that late power play uh, when a guy took a hard whack at Darnell Nurse, which I think may have been payback for something that happened earlier. But uh, the Oilers made the Hawks pay by breaking the shutout and temporarily making the game interesting. And they did it by with a whole series of nice plays, uh, especially by Alex Chason to win the puck battle along the sidewall. He, uh, he was put out there. It was actually a six-on-four, and he was, I think, the sixth guy. Um, so they had two kind of net front guys, but Chason's winning of the puck battle on the left wing boards began the sequence where the puck went around the horn to the point, to the sidewall, to the corner, and then Nuge made just a sweet pass right across the goal mouth, and Neil absolutely buried it roof from about four feet out. And uh, for a minute there, it looked promising, but you know what? They never got the puck back in that Chicago end for the whole rest of the game. They were never able to establish possession. They got a they got a tough call on an icing. They got a, a unlucky bounce on a shoot in. You know, just they just didn't get a didn't get the bounce that uh, to even establish possession, let alone do anything with it. So, but for a minute there, I thought, well, maybe they're so hot, maybe they're going to find a way to pull a point out of this game. Yeah, the Oilers really 
<laughs> they just couldn't get it going on the attack. They there was never a point other than the top line, other than McDavid and Drysaddle. Like, did they ever really any of the other lines get a cycle going for any extended period of time in the offensive end against the Blackhawks? I mean, I don't really recall seeing that. So, uh, um, I mean, I didn't mind Jujer Kyra's play, but other than that, like, I just didn't see that kind of sustained pressure from any other line. All right, so my good thing, Bruce, is Ethan Bear. Very, very difficult thing for a young player to step into the top four, actually into the top pairing of an NHL defense out of the AHL. But he is. Um, he is 22. He's had full two full years in the AHL. And he's looking, he's hanging in there. He's, he's more than hanging in there. He's winning uh, many, many, most battles, defensive battles. Like before, the, when his first, contrast to the first time he was up here, he looked really good with the puck, but he was mm-hmm. eaten alive on defense. He was constantly beat um, on rushes. He was beaten at his own zone. He was late to the puck. He just wasn't quick enough. And this time, that, that is not happening. Uh, this whole game, he and Nurse, uh, I had them tagged for um, one great A chance against, blamed on them, which was by far the least of any of the pairings. Clefbaum and Pearson uh, really struggled, but... Uh, you know, he's moving the puck. I, I won't be surprised to see him get more power play time mm-hmm. fairly soon. Although <clears throat> Clefbaum's been doing a good job. Like, there's nothing wrong with his distribution. But I think Barra has that added element of a quick walking the line and that quick shot, which would be one more thing for them to, to be scared of on a very, very scary power play. He's also a right shot. So if they want a right shot demon on the power play, I don't know if that's essential, but uh, it might not be a bad idea. So... Um, yeah, congratulations. I, I think I've said this before to Ethan Bear on the way he has stepped up, um, improved his fitness, improved his skating, and is getting the job done in the NHL. Yeah, I saw a lot of nice plays from Bear tonight. A couple of rough edges. There was one play where he took a penalty because he got on the wrong side of the puck and the man, and he wound up having to battle back and got his stick in on the hands of the guy. And that was just a, a simple positioning or misread, possibly. He just got a little bit too far up ice, and he was scrambling. And three official giveaways, but I, I saw a lot of nice passes, too. He's very poised with the puck, and, and uh, that's, uh, that's a fun thing to watch. Yeah, I never really put any weight on the NHL official giveaway stat. I just don't know what, what they're counting and what, what, you know, what, what, are they, what does that mean? I got some of them, and, but, I mean, yeah. There's something to it. It's I I, I don't have a hundred percent degree of confidence. Giveaways, takeaways, like I just don't. I don't. Like, I, don't know. I think it's probably quite differently graded between the different graders, and uh, I'm not sure they have the definitions right. I I mean, I honestly never even look at it. So, uh, but uh, all right. So, Bruce, what is your bad thing? Well, yeah. Uh, heck, what was my bad thing? I had a few of them. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're go yeah, Paris uh, Yol Paris yeah. Yol, yeah. He had he had a tough night and this I was his first first time that he got targeted physically and he got hammered pretty hard on two occasions and I'm not sure what kind of a detrimental effect that had on his game, whether he maybe got nicked or whether he maybe got a little bit sort of overwhelmed by this is the NHL, but uh, uh, he had some he had some tough shifts. And I didn't think he was a very effective player tonight. And he was a, a part of the sequence of pain on what became the game-winning goal. And uh, he took a strange route to the puck. And uh, uh, it wound up being kind of a miss, 
miscommunication between well him and Mike Smith and it was not a good goal. But person uh, should have gone gone to the net. It turns out he should have tried to play goalie on that one. I think, but uh, yeah. But uh, his pairing with Kleppbaum, frankly, neither one of them had a good game, and uh, they got badly outshot. Uh, when they were out there, they just weren't able to generate anything going the other way, which you know should be a big part of their game, but it just wasn't flowing tonight for uh, for the pairing, and uh, they uh, they wound up on the short end of the of the scoreboard. Bruce, I had them, uh, and you'll be reviewing my work, of course, but I had them out there for six Grade A chances against, and they made, <clears throat> they made mistakes on them, um, and um, wow, and uh, none for. So, uh, or maybe, maybe that's just five. Let me, it's five or six. Anyway, Pearson was in the middle of a lot of, he was playing tentatively. We've seen oh. tentative play out of him uh, in different games. He, let's, let's face it. He has been put into a very difficult position. He's at, being asked to play right out of Europe, top four minutes in the NHL, often really hard minutes. He would be better off on a third pairing right now. And, and you know, um, I heard actually, uh, that was a great P. Anyway, that's a great B chance, Bruce. So that's why there's no coding on that one. Um, right. um, we're just talking about our, our stat sheet here for a second. I'm just looking at them. And yeah, 36 is all over it. Not in a good way. So, Ugh. yeah, not in a good way. So he's coming over from Europe. He's being asked to play top four minutes. And I'm just wondering, Bruce, could Benning do better with Bomb? Like, settle the guy down. Put him with Russell for a few games. See how that works. Give Benning a slightly higher ice time. Terrible idea. Would you? Wow. Well, because I mean, he, I, last game though he had his best game. The previous game, I thought yeah. he had his best well, game. So. I think putting him with Clefbaum is a chance for him to show his best game. Uh, but they need to be skating and flowing. And tonight it just wasn't working. And like I said, I don't think either one of them played well. I don't think Benning played particularly well either. So I don't know that would have changed much. <laughs> yeah. Fair so. enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, anyway, you know, this is an interesting experiment with uh, Joel Parison. They also have Evan Bouchard on the farm. I, I think Bouchard will be, I think we're going to see a couple months of Parison as long as he can hang in there. And he has been hanging in there, right? Yeah. Like, he, he, yeah. he, he had bat. he didn't play well this game. He got smoked with a cut with a, I don't know if like Drew Romenda called that a, a, an honest hit, a fair hit from Andrew Shaw. I saw two elbows go right into uh, Parison's face. Now, Parison had his head down. But uh, Andrew Shaw had his elbows up too, so like he came into him like this, kind of, or like this. Smoke. Yeah, them. the Oilers didn't like it. Both Russell, Chris Russell, and uh, Jujar Kara went after Shaw, and Kara came in guns a blazing, and wound up taking the extra minor. And the unfortunate thing was, was Kara's terrible giveaway that caused that whole problem in the first place. So <laughs> if he hadn't given the puck away, Parison wouldn't have got smoked, and he wouldn't have had to take revenge for him. But so I, you know, I don't mind the, that they have each other's backs. I think you got to have that on the team. You got to have that on the team. You got to but, have that. But uh, um, you'd rather avoid the situations where you've coughed the puck up and you're, you know, they're they're put they're they're laying the thumping on you because you can't get the puck moving, and that's what happened on that play. The other yes. the other time that happened was when McDavid got hit after the whistle. And Nurse came into bat for him, also guns blazing, and I didn't mind that either. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I also wonder. That's hockey. Not, I'm sorry, but that's now, hockey. Now that you mentioned it, I also wonder if Kara's sense of outrage on that play might have been inflamed by his own embarrassment. You know, like he's already agitated. Yeah, 
he's already agitated, right? Because then mm-hmm. then that happens, and it's like, oh, yeah. flies off. I didn't mind his 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 pushback there, and this is what like one of the uh, two one of the sayings of two hundred hockey men, Bruce, is uh, is that um, if you get that kind of penalty, they almost the team almost always kills it off, and I wonder if that's true or not. Uh, probably not. I would bet that if you looked at long, long period penalties versus uh, um, penalty kill success rates, that they all wash out and that the, yeah, I the would team kills 80% of all types of penalties, you know. Yes, I would bet. I would bet that's the case as well. All right. My bad thing, Bruce, is so the Oilers only generated three grade A chances, but they also had three, three absolutely delicious chances. Um, one by McDavid, one by Josh Archibald. And one by Darnell Nurse, and I'm I th- I think the Darnell Nurse one hit, missed the net, although I'm not as confident. But the other two, most certainly, I think that one hit Cassian. Well, I know one of them did. No, no, no. You're thinking a dry sidle shot that hit. Oh, Cassian. okay. Yeah, no. Nurse came in on a three-on-two kind of situation and fired it from the wing, uh, and had a great chance. But Archibald and McDavid, you know, oh. Connor McDavid. I'm not going to say anything, but I, I'm only a little bit upset with Archibald because that was a really, really great chance. Like it might've been the best chance on a certain, like he was wide open and he misses the net. And, and he had a moving he is, goal. He's not playing. Like, I don't, I don't know why Patrick Russell hasn't been in the lineup ahead of him because I'm not seeing it from Josh Archibald yet. Um, you know, we're starting to get a handle on what these new players can and can't do. And so the thing about Archibald, I've been upset like a, with a few weak clearances of the puck. And mm-hmm. so get it done on, and I haven't seen that line cycle the puck well since Russell's been taken out, Bruce. They're, they didn't do as well the last two games. When they when they had Russell, they were cycling it like crazy. Without him, they're not. So here's to Patrick Russell getting back in the lineup. Yeah, Archibald also on the first goal, uh, like um, Shane tied the puck up in the faceoff circle for his second, and, and Archibald skated through the circle, and he went like about three feet away from the puck, but he didn't get in there and get engaged in the battle. And then Taves was, I think it was Taves, was Kane. able to fish it over to whoever it was, got oh, a okay. cane, yeah. got a two cane, I think. And then by then Archibald had pa- skated away from Kane. Kara was a little slow getting to Kane. And you give Patrick Kane a tenth of a second and uh, you're asking for trouble and the Oilers got it. So Archibald Dylan, was... Dylan Strom it was who won the face off of... Uh, off of Shane, but he needed some help there, and Archibald just skated right past and did not. Archibald finish. was actually he was standing watching the yeah. puck battle between the two centers. And I glided by. Yeah. So so like good. either either get involved in the battle, help win that battle, or go cover Patrick Kane who's <laughs> two feet behind you. Okay, yeah, like, or get out to the point, do something. Fatal. Well, like, cover like, Patrick Kane in the high doing? slot. Yeah. You know, really cover Patrick Kane on the high slot, because otherwise it's up to Chris Russell to charge out there. And, and that's really not Russell's. It's to protect the net in case the other guy, the center, gets beat. So, yeah, I didn't like Archibald on that play at all, although it was, I thought, in the end, a grade B shot. Okay, let's move on to numbers, Bruce. What's your number? Oh, man. Well, I got to go with this uh, the terrific twosome. Now, tonight we have uh, uh, McDavid, 26 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, Dreisaitl, 26 minutes and 59 seconds to lead the team yet again. Uh, they both played four minutes on the power play to lead the team. Dreisaitl also played 227 on the penalty kill to lead the forwards. Like, they're just totally leaning on that guy in all situations. 
and it's great, but you wonder how long they'll go, they're going to be able to play at the high level that they played tonight. And frankly, I thought both guys were a little sort of half bubble off plum, as low tide likes to say. Like yeah. not quite on the on the razor sharp edge of their game that we've seen. Still, the two most dangerous Oilers on the ice, you know. But <laughs> that's what they need to be for this team to have success. Yeah, they. You know, dry settle on the penalty kill. I, I know why they like him out there. He's gets the job. He's a good. He's such a great player. But he's a horse, and he's got that huge boat or that uh, the cudgel I call it. That he uh, he's so good at getting a stick on like cross ice passes and just sort of whacking pucks out of the air and getting a piece of pucks and and uh, he has phenomenal control over that thing. For looks like it weighs about eight pounds, but uh, he's. Uh, <laughs> He's able to, uh, he's got the magic touch with it. I'm just looking at the chart here, Bruce. They don't even have Josh Archibald with a missed shot. Like, yeah. that shot wasn't on net, was it? Did I, I didn't no. see it. No, it went right over the crossbar. It was close. He went for the top. Like He didn't, like, he made a good choice of where yeah. to put it. But he just yeah. can't. I mean, he's 10 feet out. you got to hit the freaking net. It's easier said than done. I know, I know, but this, me and every other hockey fan in captivity yeah. will be screaming, "Hit the net!" Then you go play barely lead hockey uh, for a game, uh, and you realize, "Oh man, it's hard to hit the net." Uh, even at a really low level of hockey, it's hard. Uh, okay, my number is two. So uh, Mike Smith, I thought was was in some ways quite exceptional in the net because. They had 11 grade-A chances. He stopped every single grade-A chance Bruce that came on net. Like Mike Smith, he he was a rock in a lot of ways. But wow. he let in two grade-B chances. Now, the Kane shot was like an A-B, but it's I think it's far enough out. He had clear sight lines, as far as I could tell. He should probably have that shot. I think that's... Um, but the, the the second goal, man... This is, so this is the third time. We've been told by Kelly Hurdy it's going to happen eight to 12 times. So we're now on number three. And that was a really rough play by the goalie. Because if he stays in net, that is not a goal against. And it's a one nothing game. And that's a much different game. Sure is. So that was not good. Now, you know, three other players, McDavid, Kefal, and Pearson, also um, made mistakes on that goal against. But Mike Smith, wow. There, yeah, there was some miscommunication there, but uh, what wound up happening was they, between Parison and Smith, they kind of played Alphonse and Gaston, and Smith decided a split second too late. Oh, I better go out and get it. And, I mean, if he'd made that, if he'd made that call decisively right away, he could have got the puck. Otherwise, the play is just to stay in the net. And you know, I heard a lot of talk in the post game about how great Mike Smith played and how he kept him in the game and stuff, but. When the other goalie's playing well, you can't afford a mistake, and he made a mistake. And, you know, like you say, the difference between one nothing and 2 nothing is just huge, and it turned out in the end to be the winning goal. So I'm kind of betwixt and between how to grade Mike Smith for this game because uh, he did make a number of very strong saves, and probably uh, the second period easily could have been 2 nothing or worse uh, on the flow of play. But, man, uh, yes. like you say, both goals were... A little bit, and especially the game winner, man. I and you know, if they, if they score three or four goals like they usually do, and then and that one goes in, you're saying, well, you're remembering all those good saves. But when you lose by one, you remember the one that got away. So if he had made all the saves, he would have been an eight 
or a nine, oh. right? Oh, yeah. So you take off, if he was an eight, Mm-hmm. Then uh, I, I would say he's a six top. I'm leaning. I'm leaning to six. Yeah, six. we're right on the same page. Yeah, because he did make some great saves, and you see, so, so you have to give him right credit. off the bat, second game in a row, like ten seconds into the first period, and the guy's like shooting a point blank from the slot, and he made a glove grab, and he sort of flashed the leather and stared the guy down a little bit, you know, and and. Uh, I'm thinking now oh, he's brought his A game tonight, and as you'd say, he did. He brought his A game against the A chances. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the B chances were the ones that uh, that beat the R's. Alrighty. So, what's the next game? Wednesday night against the Flyers. Back home against the Flyers. You know, you got to look at the big picture. Three and one road trip. Uh, that's good at any time for any team. And, uh, you know, they're coming home with six points and, you know, they had four before they left, of course. So, but now the, the trick is to get right back on the horse and not, not have any kind of backwards regression the other way, you know, got to, got to get right back in there and play hard and well, uh, against Philly on, uh, on Wednesday night. You know, the one player I'm seeing good, Bruce, that I'd like to see more of in Philly, I think it's time to put uh, Joachim Nygaard, Nygaard on the Nugent Hopkins line. Your, co- your show is not, he's not getting it done on that second line. Uh, I think that's fair to say now. He's had, what, four games there? Three games there? Like, I'm not seeing anything that makes me think stick with your show. But I'm, every time I see Nygaard, Nygaard with the puck, um, I'm seeing s- clever moves and speed. I'm seeing speed, which is what I really like. And I think that he could combine well with N- Nugent Hopkins. So that's what I, that's the one that's one change I definitely would like to see. I'd like to see Patrick Russell back in for Archibald too. But he likes to rush the puck. He does, and he's, uh, he's not bad at it. Nugard, uh, yeah, not bad. He's got some nice speed. Uh, it'd be nice to see him finish one at some point. But uh, uh, I thought that line showed some promise early in the game, and then. Um, and then kind of went out of the games in the second period. The whole team really did. So, yeah, they were Chicago's hunger, absolute thirst for a victory, uh, shone through in that period. And they've got some good hockey players. So, all right, Bruce, let's leave it there. Thanks for talking tonight. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast.